So um, I'm a consecrated woman in Rayo Christi. I've been consecrated for 21 years. I've lived in different places in the United States, mostly on the East Coast. I lived in the Philippines for six years, um, and now I'm back in Atlanta. Um, so I've lived in a lot of different communities. I, I started out um, not in Catholic. I was Lutheran. I grew up Lutheran, and I converted. Then I got consecrated. So before that, I did a missionary year with Raymond Christie. So I lived in community Catholic as well. And I just wanted to share with you a, a few pointers on living in communities um, because it helps, right? If you're trying to live a Christian life in community and a Catholic life in community, um, these are some pointers that have just helped me. And it comes from a beautiful passage. My notes, right? Okay. <laughs> um, that's really focused on being a cheerful giver. Okay, so this is 2 Corinthians 9 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So breaking that verse up into each part, I think that's that's the key to community life. Each person should give, first of all. This is not, oh, we live in a community so that one person does all the housework, cleans everything, makes sure there's food in the refrigerator. No. <laughs> Being in community is about giving your 100% to all those people around you. That's how community is built. If you're there thinking, I really is going to serve me, it's not going to work out. They're going to be unhappy, and they're going to be unhappy. Um, so every person should get. Then the question comes up, well, what should I get? Give what you have decided in your heart to give. This is very personal, right? It's, it's between you and God, because God is asking you to live in community. So what have you decided in your heart to give? It's a very personal question you have to ask yourself. What do I want to give? And it's a call also. Because God's not going to be like, don't give anything. <laughs> nah, just, you know, be there. No, God is always asking you to give something. So what is God calling you to give? And then, not reluctantly or under compulsion. That is the worst way to give. Like, when you're like, oh, I have to do this, I'm going to do it, you're never going to be happy, you, you will not find joy. The moment you decide, you choose it, and you're like, I'm going to give this generously, it brings joy. It makes you happy. Even if it's hard, it brings joy. And then that last part, for God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, we all want to be loved, right? Here's the mystery, though. God already loves you. There's nothing you can do better that will make God love you more. He already loves you to the maximum of his love. He will not stop loving you. He's calling you higher because he loves you, right? But God loves a cheerful giver. There's a delight there that you want to achieve, right? Um, 
to please the one you love is a goal we all have, right? We can think of it only in human terms because we've only had this human experience of love, right? But for God, he already knows you to the max. So what is this mystery of like pleasing God? You have to go deeper into that in prayer, right? But it comes out when you love each other. And this is not a romantic love, it's just this pure love of charity. Loving other people because God loves them. Because if God loves me to the max, he also loves that person that taps their pencil all the time when I'm trying to think. He loves that person just as much as he loves me. So when I'm annoyed or frustrated with something in a community, go back to that. I am loved by God and so is that person. So these are my very short points. <laughs> and now I'm going to pass the microphone off because I have wonderful panelists. And then you guys can ask some questions about living in community. Okay. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Um, I have been living in what we call Catholic community since August, but I've always lived with, with other people um, just because I find that it's, it's kind of just the best way to live, um, being surrounded by others and what in, in that sense of community. So. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Ivona. Um, I've been living in communities all my life. I'm similar to Lizzie. I cannot live alone. When I say I cannot, I do not live alone. I'm an extrovert, so I love having people around. <laughs> and throughout my life, I lived in non Catholic communities and Catholic communities. In non Catholic communities, I lived as a part of a team. I played volleyball in Junior Tech. So I was surrounded by my teammates. And then two years after college, I lived with some of my friends who were not Catholic. And last four and a half, four and a half or five years, I've been living with Catholic women. So I have a little bit of experience in both uh, living with Catholic women and non Catholic women as well. And I'm very excited to be here with you all. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm Daniel. Um, I have been living in the current community that I'm in with uh, five guys. Um, for about four years at this point. Um, I sought out community after I moved to Atlanta and lived in a studio apartment for a year um, and just realized that that was not the way to do it um, for me. So I felt a really need for community at that point. Sought it out and eventually found myself into uh, the house that we're living now. So if you have a question, then we want to get started with. Yeah, any other questions? <laughs> Yes. Uh, I have a question for Daniel. Um, since uh, you've been living in that, uh, um, since you have been, I'm not that bad. <laughs> since you've been living uh, in the current living situation uh, with the other five guys, uh, have you seen uh, a lot of uh, growth between um, all of you? And, uh, and uh, how do you guys handle disputes as well? That's a big question. Can everybody hear me if I don't use the microphone? Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, yeah. I'm going to pass this back over then. So two really big questions. Um, and I think it would be interesting to get everybody's, everybody's points on these, because I think that's a lot of the reason that people are here. But first off, have we seen growth? I think that that's a tough question, because um, day to day, no. 
it feels like every day you're like working with somebody, um, you know, you're, you're struggling, you're going through the challenges of living together and it feels like nothing is changing. But then you kind of look back on, well, wait a second. I remember we talked about this last year and we just had a completely different conversation about this. So it's, it's so gradual. It's like when you don't see your family, you know, like you don't see your little cousins for like two years and they used to be two and now they're four and you're like, whoa, you know, you kind of, um, it, it, they don't see a change, but you see the change when you look back and think about, you know, how things were six months, a year, two years ago. Um, and then the other question was, how do we handle disputes? And I think that that's a really important one. And I think it goes back to, you know, what Nicole said about being a cheerful giver, right? We need to recognize that um, challenges that we have and disagreements between roommates are really opportunities for grace, right? Opportunities to allow God to enter into our relationship and let us put him first above what, what we need. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you just give in all the time and, and don't get your way. I think it's just kind of a reframing of, um, of what is going on in this situation. And I think most of the time disagreements come from misalignment of values, right? So I value having a clean sink. My roommate does not value not leaving his dishes in the sink, right? There's a, there's a difference and that matters to me way more than it matters to my roommate who left his dishes in the sink, right? So it's, it's an opportunity to recognize those for yourself and for other people and say, I don't care about this, but my roommate cares about this. So I'm gonna do this thing that I don't see the value in so that I can love my roommate. Yeah, I would wanna to add to that. That was very beautiful, Danielle. And I think with women and women community, it's a little bit different because I think we all try to be nice to each other and try to be like, yeah, everything's good and everything's fine, everything's great. But then deep down, it might not be that way, right? Like, for example, my cleanliness level might not be the same as my roommate's cleanliness level, right? And just like having that understanding that, and it won't be, exactly. Having that understanding like, okay, what I consider clean, she might not consider clean, and am I okay with that? Am I okay with that? Mm -hmm. And really asking yourself, and then also there's a next step of that, of being vulnerable and actually approaching them and saying, hey, I think this, like you leaving the dishes for three days is not okay because, you know, it's just, we're piling them up and they should be there. So you should have a reason, like why? And also you should be vulnerable to approach her, even though knowing that with women, it's very sensitive because you take it personally, right? And I'm speaking this for my own. I'm not generalizing it, but I know if someone comes to me like, Ivona, you left those dishes, I would, I would take you like, oh, it's attack on me, right? Mm -hmm. But no, she wants us to have a clean, nice space, and that's what she's bringing up to my attention, and now it's on me how to respond, right? Mm -hmm. So it's that part that, okay. And also, if they leave those dishes, then how are you going to react? Are you going to take it in and then be angry at her for the rest of three days, and she won't understand why you're angry? Or are you going to say, okay, I see Jesus on her, I love her. These, these are all the reasons that I love her. This is one part that, you know, our differences are, and this is how I'm gonna behave. Like either I'm gonna bring it up to her or I'm gonna clean it. And if I clean it, I'm not gonna complain about it. And when Nicole was talking about that part, it reminded me of, in a gospel, there was a reading about servants working in vineyards. There was one servant, when Jesus asked them to come and work for them, there was one servant who said, yes, and he didn't do it. And there was the other servant who said, no, but then he did it. 
And then Jesus asked them, okay, who will be saved? Who will come to the kingdom of God? And they said, well, the one who said no and did it. He said no. And do you know why he said no? Because his heart was not in the right place. He was still grumpy. He was still holding grudges around that. But the first guy, he said yes, because he really meant it with a full heart. He had clear intentions, clean and pure, like pure intentions. So that's, that's the thing also in our, in our house. Like, okay, we see the dishes. Are we gonna be bitter about it? Or are we gonna say, okay, yeah, I see them. I, I'm gonna talk to her about it. And then I'm gonna clean them. And cleaning these dishes is gonna sanctify me. It's gonna get me to heaven. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's a quote that's, it's on the side of my fridge and I'm terrible for forgetting. So, yes. Yeah. Um, it's about washing the dish. Do you know it, Daniel? Because I... Could... It has something to do with, like, what well, wash the dish, not because it is dirty, but because you love the next person who is going to use it. Right. Yeah, um, yeah so that's exactly what came to mind when you asked that question of, like, when we started bringing up dishes and things like that. Because um, it's literally right next to my sink, and every time I see one of my roommates' dirty dishes, I'm like, you know, God, this is how I'm going to love you today, and you just do it. Yeah. Um, long ago, my mom, when I started living with people, I would always like, I would always get frustrated with things. And she always told me, and this has changed my life ever since she told me, she said, the relationship that you have with this person trumps being in the right. Mm -hmm. um, and so going with that mentality, unless it is capital T truth, like they, they're blaspheming, the relationship always comes first. Um, and so I, I find that like living in community, putting that relationship first and again, that vulnerability that we've talked about of just being like, this is important to me. And I think oftentimes when you share why it's important to you, um, people will be like, oh, I understand now. And that provides a lot of um, clarification and communication is just the most important thing. Honestly, it's just openly communicating with your community space. I really think that's key as you were all saying in your own words, like this crucial conversation that you need to have, whether it's about the dishes or vacuuming or picking up your clothes, um, you might think those are silly conversations, but they're not. They're crucial because of the relationship. So all of you are emphasizing that. And I think one one more thing is like Lizzie kind of drew the distinction between like, you know, obviously the dishes are not, that's not like important. Right, it's a good go-to example, but um, it's really about like growing in in virtue. So like the capital T true things. That's it's like oh no wait like I need to call somebody out on this, and like we need to have a discussion about that. Um, like you don't call them out because you want to be in the right. You want to prove how much more you know about the Catholic Church than them or something like that. You do because you love them, and you see hey I see you're doing something that is damaging your yourself and what you want to do and what, why we're living together in this community. Mm -hmm. So I want to help you become who you want to be. Um, and that's so important is to like help people to achieve who they want to be rather than to kind of push who you want them to be onto somebody else. So. Yes. So I love the concept of fraternal correction. <laughs> I would love to hear how you guys approach those difficult conversations with people and kind of what you're saying of like i see something's going on like let's talk about it it's a hard conversation but it's for like the love and betterment of that person yeah i think for me the first thing is like one if it's something that 
is pretty serious, do it in a place where it can be private, because especially living in community, there's people around. And sometimes you don't want everybody to know the, the issue that you're having directly with someone. So if you have something on your mind, pull that person to the side and have a conversation in private first off. Um, and then the second is approaching it um, through looking through their shoes. Like it's so cliche, but like stepping into their shoes for a second. Um, and like, I want to understand why you think this way or why you're doing what you're doing. Because I think understanding the why of why someone does something is so, so important because then you can go in and say, okay, well, I see why, but this is, this is why it's not right. Or this is why it's not, this is why it's holding you back. And this, or, you know, things that come in a helpful way, I think. And it's also when we think about correction or talking about difficult issues with people, we oftentimes have to leave our opinions to the side um, because that causes conflict. Um, and I think sometimes opinions can get, they can be very polarizing. So I think just like going in with a heart of love and like get understanding the why is kind of the most important thing, I think for me having those kind of conversations. I would say if something happens, like I'll take the example of those dishes because we were talking about our dishes and I think that, that's one common thing we're in community, right? But, so do your dishes, guys. <laughs> that's the point of this, kind of, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I would say if something happens, do not react in that moment. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important because you can be very angry and, and let's say you can have a bad day, right? There could be things happening at work, with your friend, family, it could be so many things, and then those dishes, and then you just, yeah, you're the explode, <laughs> and you just do not take it the best way to, towards that person who did that, right? So I would say, take a step back, um, actually internalize as well, like, why is this bothering me? Yeah. Is this really about dishes? Or is there something that they've done, you know, they didn't say hello to me or they didn't say bye to me when they left the house or something like that. Like really, I think sometimes when it comes to dishes, it, it can even be like a, you know, deeper meaning what is behind those dishes, right? But we explode on those dishes because they're easily to notice, right? So I would say internalize personally first what it is that's happening. And then if you see like, okay, there's something that they really need to change. Why do I think they need to change this? And, and, and at the end it's like, what are my intentions of telling them this, right? What is my intention? Is my heart? And then when you actually go through that, and when I say it, when you go through that, you always bring Jesus in everything that you do, also in your prayers and internalizing all of this, you bring him to walk that path with you. You bring him to give, and Holy Spirit to give you wisdom to understand this. And once you get to that, then, so then you actually know, you get your clear intentions, you, you get to see what is really happening in your heart, and then you see, okay, what I'm saying to that person, is it good for them? Is it going to make me feel better? Is this for my benefit or is this for their benefit? Like, is this really, truly to make them a better person and to go closer to God? And if it is, then yeah. Then you find, okay, what is the way to tell them? And everyone, everyone reacts differently, right? Um, and some people, like, you need to start with, I've learned this in the U.S., you need to start with a sandwich, right? You start first with the great things, then you come to the part that you really need to get favor, and then you finish on the high. I'm the person that do not do that to me. Just tell me straight how it is. I'll take the feedback, it's all good. But you need to know the other person. And living with them, you know them. So you approach them in that gentle way in telling them, okay, like, this, this is what I've been noticing, and I've been praying about it. 
and I wanted to bring it to you. And then, yeah, and then what Lizzie was saying, hear what they have to say as well, uh, and get their point of view. Mm -hmm. Nicole, I, have to say, I mean, this is a huge question, but you're the one who's been living in community yeah. for the longest. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, your yeah. thoughts on I, the experiences that you have? Thanks, Danielle. Well, I really think um, you have to know yourself, right? But, like, you have to know yourself before you can know God more. You have to know yourself before you can know others more. Because the more you know yourself, the more you're going to see what really bothers you about the other person and what's bothering you about something about you. Many times our pet peeves are actually things that bother us about ourselves that we see in other people. So we get extraordinarily angry or frustrated with somebody else's action when it's actually our action that bothers us more. <laughs> so like Ivona was saying, in taking your time to really reflect on what made you mad, even if you already exploded, <laughs> is very important. I mean, we're all human, and conflict is going to come up because nobody's perfect. We're working on being holy. But holiness is the process of your whole life. You will be holy when you die, basically. <laughs> so. So don't be so freaked out about yourself or hard on yourself when you have a bad reaction, when you were validly doing something wrong. Be humble. Be humble and just say, sorry, I did this wrong. It's another opportunity for a crucial conversation to happen. And it's an immense opportunity for you to grow because you're able to say, I recognize this in myself. This bad reaction I have, this this thing that came up. Thank you for being there, and I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry that I offended you. Those words are very important, not just in the community life, but in any relationship you're going to have in the future. When you get married, you're going to have to say you're sorry a lot. <laughs> you're going to have to be humble often, but. The more you do that, the more beautiful the relationship becomes. It becomes something that you seek out because you're able to be vulnerable, like you're all saying, and there's a friendship that grows. So it's very important in any relationship that you want to continue to have those things. Um, and conflict is what brings it out. Yes, go ahead. I was going to ask another question. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> I have lots of <laughs> so, on the other side of things, like separate from conflict, how do you intentionally live in community with friends, whether you're living with them or not, but intentionally bringing your faith into your community? Because I think a lot of times, as Daniel was saying, like the day to day just kind of like goes by and you don't really notice a difference between anything, but it's like, how do you bring the intentionality of your faith into your community? Okay, that's a good question, and then there's one question back here. Yeah, I feel like I have questions that kind of goes with that. Mm -hmm. um, like, a lot of what you've been talking about, I feel like is great just for living in community, like, in general. But I, how, did, how do you think, like, what you're saying, or, like, how those relationships differ from, like, what they're talking about if they're, like, uh, uh, you need to do the dishes whether or not you're doing it. Right. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very true. <laughs> intentionality of living your faith out, sharing your faith is really good. 
I was just gonna say, Gwen, did you have a question? Yeah. So you can get a couple. It's a different question. Cool. Okay. Okay. Specifically Catholic? Community. Specifically Catholic community. I would say, okay. I would say for me, uh, and to make sure that I understood the question, it's like intentionality with everything, what you do, right? Not just living in the community. So I would say this, like, I, I was a volleyball player, right? I lived in non-Catholic communities. I was one of the three Catholics and I was the only one practicing um, on my team. How did I live my faith in that area? Everyone knew. Everyone knew you want to go to Sunday Mass. Everyone knew you want to praise. Everyone knew you want to fast on Friday. I made sure that I do not lose my identity, that I'm a child of God. Was it hard? Was it tough? Yes. Because a lot of times, you know, people look at you, oh, you will not. Like, there are things you cannot <laughs> tell her, right? But I made sure that even through, like, little things, that I'm a fully witness to Christ. At work, I didn't know how to bring my faith to work. So I lived my personal life one side, my professional life on the other side. But then I was actually realizing you cannot, you cannot be who you're not in two areas of, of your life. You cannot be two people, right? You're one person and your Catholic identity is within you. No matter where you go, you always bring certain values. So for me, I actually, and I'm sure majority of you know that I am part of YCP, which is Young Catholic Professionals. It's a nonprofit organization. We have a chapter here in Atlanta that I volunteer for. So for me, recognizing that there was something that, you know, there, there is a community of people who, and there's an organization with a mission to train, inspire, and challenge young Catholic professionals to live as fully as a witness for Christ. So not just in my work, but in every day what I do. And it's with little things. I don't need to evangelize, I don't need to preach to everyone about Jesus, but I can show by my example. I can be true to who I am. So for me, yeah. I don't know if that answered the question, but I think um, also there's that question of living an intentional Catholic life within community. Um, and we were talking about this earlier before we had the panel of like, okay, it's not like everyone, it's the law that we pray morning prayers together. But but are those the are there those things that you can do together? Like, oh you see somebody praying the rosary, hey, can I pray with you? I mean, why not? You're there together. And if you do want to have something because you there's a specific intention that you're praying for, like, why don't we get together on Saturday and pray the rosary together for this thing that's going on, whatever, within each other, in the world, in our environment, we want to pray for this. Yeah, that's the benefit of being all of the same thing. Let's go to adoration together as a community one day. Um, and you work it out, you try your schedules. I mean, I think things like that are also very important because it does build community to pray together. We are out of time. <laughs> Daniel, is there anything else you wanted to add? I, I think just prayer, right? Like prayer is what sets it apart in the relationship with, with God and the mutual relationship that you all have with connected with God individually, but then also the community with God. Um, I could talk about that for a long time, but we are out of time. But prayer is important. Prayer is necessary. If you're going to live in a Catholic community, you have to pray. Lizzie? Um, I was, the thing I was laughing about when the question was asked is like, like, what's it like living in Catholic community? And like, how do we live that authentically? Like earlier this week, my roommates and I were sitting in the living room having a conversation about Vatican II. 
It was a very strange conversation. It just got brought up somehow. And we sat there for probably an hour and a half and we talked about it um, and how like how it changed the church and like what it meant. Um, and I, I felt like a like a very well, I say very bad Catholic, but like I was like learning so many things and it was my friends and my roommates coming to me from a place of love to teach me these things and just and it was an off the hand conversation. It was a comment that just came out of nowhere. And we sat down and we intentionally had a conversation about our faith and our, our life in the church. And like we have like the very like stereotypical Catholic things at our house. Like we have a statue of Mary. We have holy water. You know, we, we have the things that you walk in the house. You're like, oh, they're Catholic. Um, but like, I think the thing that separates my community from like the communities I lived in previously is that like, we're able to be like, hey, I've had a really rough day. Can we pray about it? Or, hey, my grand my grandparents aren't doing well. Could you, would you mind praying for them? Or I need to pray a rosary. Would you like to pray with me? Like Daniel said, a lot of it's around prayer, but I think a lot of it's about the invitation to things in your faith as well. Um, that really comes from community. Well, thank you guys for joining the panel. Thanks for having me.